0: Welcome to Gathering Gold, a podcast for highly sensitive souls. I'm Cheryl Paul, a counselor trained in the Jungian depth psychological tradition. And I'm Victoria Russell,
1: Cheryl's niece and co-host.
0: This podcast explores some of the themes highlighted in my book, The Wisdom of Anxiety, and my Conscious Transitions blog. Join us as we dive into the realms of our inner worlds to ask deep questions, grow more self-trust and self-love, and embrace sensitivity, creativity, and the rhythms of the natural world. If you would like to connect with me, Victoria, and others in the Gathering Gold listener community and support the podcast to help us continue our work, please consider joining our Patreon patreon.com slash gathering gold.
1: To learn more about Cheryl's course offerings, including courses to support you in breaking free from anxiety in all forms, learning to trust yourself, and becoming more comfortable with uncertainty, please visit Cheryl's website, conscious-transitions.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Cheryl is at Wisdom of Anxiety, and I am at Perennials Podcast. Thank you for listening. So Cheryl, last night we were recording another conversation, and you said a phrase that I thought was so beautiful. At least I think you said it. (laughs) You don't really remember saying it. I don't really remember saying it. But I heard you say the phrase artifacts of the heart. You were talking about gathering up some objects before having to evacuate. Was it for the flood or for wildfires? For the flood That's time. The flood. The time. flood. Mm-hmm. Um, gathering up some really special objects like your tallit prayer mm-hmm. shawl. Um, I think some objects that you used to build a little altar. Yes. And I was like so struck by that phrase, artifacts of the heart. Mm. And I thought it was so appropriate to be thinking about what are the objects that we have in our life that are really special to us that feel sacred or that we have some reverence for or that we really cherish because we are going into the holiday season. Mm -hmm. We are being inundated with messages about things that we should buy gift giving and there are beautiful things about gift giving, but there's also just so much consumerism in our culture, a lot of waste, a lot of things that are purposefully not built to last so that you have to buy another one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And with all that in mind, I thought it would be nice for us to really spend some time thinking about what are a few artifacts of our hearts that we hold special and what are their meaning, their significance? Mm. What role do they play in our daily lives, in our rituals, in special occasions? Mm. Can we gather some gold from the material objects around us? Mm. So I'm I'm curious, Cheryl, if anything immediately jumped to your
0: mind. Mm-hmm. There are definitely a few that pop into my mind. I have a list on my phone, and it's not the happiest list, but it's an evacuation list, the things mm. that I would grab if we have to evacuate again. And of course, there are things like photo albums, especially older photo albums before digital that are irreplaceable art, you know, depending on how much time we had. But then there are these, these smaller objects and all of them are handmade. Some of them would be replaceable, but because they've been a part of me for so long, they feel like they carry some of my energy now. So even if we could just order another one because it was made through an online resource, Um, It doesn't have the same feel to it. So um, the pendant that I wear around my neck that is the tree of life and has inscribed in the border, a Hebrew prayer that is very, very central and dear to me that my husband that Dave designed several years ago, I told him I wanted a tree of life pendant for a birthday. I think it was 2014, 2015. It was a while ago. And he's an artist. And he started to design this pendant and I love it so much. It's so sacred to me. I wear it every single day. Um, And then when I thought of that, I thought also of my wedding ring, which he also designed And actually, the the pendant he had sent out to have 3D printed in silver, the wedding ring he designed and made, took a metal working, metal making class, like a jewelry design class, and learned how to make, like forge a ring out of gold. (laughs) So speaking of gathering gold, it's this, and he he has his version of it. Mine has Hebrew letters and his has Celtic letters engraved in it, which he did and he made the engravings and it's it's really has not left my finger for over 20 years. Um, so those two objects came to mind and then what also came to mind was the scarf that you knitted for me, oh that hangs over our couch and I've I've taken a photograph at least once of it because I come down in the morning, And sometimes I'll come out to my studio to do my morning practices, but sometimes I'll just sit on the couch in our front room and I'll drape it across my lap and our cat Tashi, that's like her clue, her signal to come and make her little muffins and bread (laughs) on it (laughs) and then curl up um, either on my lap or, you know, it drapes over my lap onto the couch and that is so dear to me, Victoria, because you made it with your own hands. And it's gold and it's it of course reminds me of this very special thing that we share. Um so even though, you know, I haven't worn it out so much, it's like it's so much a part of that room and um and, and the morning and my cat, it's like our visual of the cozy little nest that highly sensitive people never want to leave. It's Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that scarf for me. So those were the first three I have others too, but I'd love to hear what came to mind for you. Mm -hmm. Well, when you
1: said that about the pendant, I immediately thought of a necklace that I have, uh, well, two necklaces I have, from my grandmother on my dad's side, who I mm. called Nanny. So she died the day after Christmas when I was 14. Mm. And my birthday, my 15th birthday was in July, seven months later. Um, we went to my grandpa's house and my dad was like, oh, you know, Pop-Up has something special for you, for like another special present. And I was like, oh, what is it? And my pop-pop handed me this little box and I looked down and my nanny used to put post-it notes like everywhere <laughs> with reminders of things. Mm. And there was a post-it note with this really shaky handwriting that said Victoria 15. Oh. And her handwriting got really, really shaky at the end, but it was like, oh, that was my nanny's handwriting. My dad was like, what do you think that is? And I just like couldn't even speak. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And I opened it up and it was like just a little necklace, like a little flower necklace that my grandma had picked out. She was so like organized that she had picked out a 15th birthday present for me sometime before December. Mm. Um, So that's really special to me. I keep it in a little box. And then shortly after that, my grandpa came to visit us and he walked up to me in the kitchen and he said, I want to give you something. And he had tears in his eyes and, like, my grandpa didn't cry. Mm. <laughs> um, my pop-up was a lot like Jimmy Stewart. Like, if you want to picture him, he was, like, like, he would even just say, like, the Jimmy Stewart phrase was, like, holy mackerel. And, like, <laughs> he just was, like, tall, thin, you know, um, handsome guy. Mm. And anyway, he handed me this gold Uh, necklace with a heart shape and like little diamonds around the heart that was my nanny's necklace that she Mm. wore all the time Mm. and I wear that all the time Hmm. I wanted to wear it when we went to Kauai because I don't know it just like makes me feel connected to her but I was too afraid of losing it somewhere so Mm. but usually if there's something that I'm nervous about going to I'm extra sure to wear it
0: yes funny that you mentioned the necklace and wanting to take it to Kauai and that my pendant story triggered your pendant story, and now it's triggering another pendant story. Mm. Um, I had a pendant that was given to me by, it must have been my grandmother, and it was her mother's. So it was my great-grandmother, Sarah, who I was named after with the S, and it was this little Jewish, it was a silver star surrounded by two gold circles. And it had her maiden name initials, which were S-P, which were also my initials. And it was so beautiful and delicate and the silver with the gold. And it had some kind of design in one of the, in one of the rings around it. Um, and it must have come from Russia when she came over when she was 12. So it must have come from Russia, been passed down to my grandmother, Charlotte, and then passed down to me. I loved it so much. I was the only person in my family of origin that was connected to Judaism. And my grandmother could see that. Um, and so it was given to me. And of course, and it had my initials, so it was just so, it was like meant for me. And we went to Kauai as a family when I was 11 or 12. And I wore the necklace, and I was never without the necklace. I was always wearing it, but I think it had recently been given to me, maybe when I was 10 or 11, and I hadn't had it for very long, but I was very attached to it. And I was on the beach in Kauai, and suddenly it was gone. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I lost it in Kauai. That is so wild. <laughs> <I know>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh you must have been so sad. I was heartbroken. Yeah.
0: Heartbroken to lose an heirloom and something so special. My parents made a replica of it as best Aww. I could for my bar mit- for my bat mitzvah on my 13th but it never felt the same. Yeah. I still have it. I do have it. But it didn't it wasn't the same. It was missing that special sparkly something. It always felt flat to me and I And this is the thing about artifacts of the heart is that it's not just the object itself. Yeah. Right? It's whatever got infused of the person's spirit, either while they were making it or wearing it or buying it, thinking about you while they were buying it. It doesn't always have to be handmade things. Right. But it's something of the person's spirit. And I think it's something in our culture that we poo-poo and well that that doesn't make any sense. You know, how could it be something of the person's spirit? But we feel it. We know it. Yes. Right? We know it. It's not something you'll see under a microscope. But it these these objects these artifacts and they're not objects they are artifacts of the heart of the soul. You know they carry a piece. So my gold scarf carries a piece of you that you spent all those hours in your hands and that crochet and then it it's connected to Mima because she taught you how and so there's this there's like a lineage sometimes. And their stories, like they carry our stories as well, right? And that's what I mean about the pendant around my neck. Sure, we could get another one 3D printed. We just upload it and press purchase, but it wouldn't be the same, right? Right. I've I've prayed with it. I've sat with clients with it. It's it's a talisman. It's a totem. It's it's not just a pendant that we ordered on Shapeways, right? It's this. Object that that has been, I don't know, some kind of talisman for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I read a book called *Esperanza Rising*, mm-hmm. and I don't remember too much about the book. It was set in Mexico, I think, in the 1930s. But the the one thing that stuck out to me in the story was the it's about a young girl mm-hmm. and her grandmother crochets. And um, Mm. her grandmother, I think would like intentionally weave like a hair off her head into Mm. something she was making. And sometimes that just happens when you're crocheting. Like you're like, oops, I got a little (laughs) hair Mm. in there. But then it's like, you're really in there, you know? Yes. Little touches like that Mm. are special. And like you said, it it doesn't have to be something expensive or Mm. You know, like my Mima, she had eight kids and I don't know how many grandkids and now great grandkids. She gets a Christmas present for every single person. Mm-hmm. And yes, she does. I have really snuggly pajama pants from Mima that <laughs> to me are you like, I actually brought, I have several pairs. So I brought a pair of my snuggly pajama so pants. Do to my Hawaii. boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <pairs. laughs> and it's so cute. Like she got Martin like, She gave him a pair of fleece pajama pants that have like camping things that like, you know, a tent and fire, Mm. uh, campfire, like that kind of pattern. Like she really tries to think about what each person likes. Um, So I brought one pair of snuggly pajama pants to Kauai. I was like, okay, you know, I have a few pairs of of pajamas from her, so I'm going to risk it and I'll bring some snuggly pajama pants to make me feel comfy and connected to my family
0: while I'm far away. Yes. Right. It is the thought. It's the care. It's the love. It's knowing that she does pick out those pajama pants for the grandchildren. I'm sure even for the great grandchildren, right? Everest has some that have space things on them and Asher has other ones. There's thought she's thinking. It's, it's not like, oh, I'm going to send everyone a $10 gift card. Right. She's putting her heart in. And so it's these things that connect us yeah. to the people that we love that give us that sense, like we were talking about in the episode last night, that sense of comfort, that sense of connection. These, these, and sometimes these are transportable artifacts, things that we can take with us, um, that we can hold in our pocket. You know, I have various stones. I've always been connected to stones and rocks. And I think a lot of people are. There's something about the weightiness, the salt, the solidity of a stone. Um, And I've used them in rituals. And when I was going through a hard time a few years ago, when the panic attacks started up again in 2019, I asked, I was going away from my kids for the first time on a plane, and I was scared. It was a real rite of passage for me. I had never left them by plane. And I asked my friends to send a stone, to mm. each send a stone, like something that I can bring with me. And my friend Lisa Rappaport She's one of those people. She's so busy. She's so maxed out. She's a rabbi now at a synagogue, and she's pulled in so many directions. But she has this this care about her um, around gifts that's so special. And she sent me this little tiny knitted bag. I think one of her daughters knitted it. It's the tiniest little bag with a tiny little button that you could like wear around your neck. It had like a, you know, like a, like a knitted, uh, chain, but you know, not a chain, but it was knitted. And then inside she had rolled up some Jewish prayers, like tiny little scrolls. And then she, her life, her whole life, she's collected heart rocks. So wherever Mm -hmm. she is in nature. Not like from a store, but wherever she is on beaches and lakes, just walking. If she sees a stone, or rock in the shape of a heart, she'll pick it up. And so inside this tiny little bag with these tiny little scrolls was this tiny little heart rock. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it is so special. And I brought it on that plane trip. And it brought me so much peace. Just knowing it was in my backpack, I would open up the little zipper on the top of my backpack and see it. It still lives. It's gone with me every single trip since. It basically lives in my backpack, although I've recently taken it out. And now it's now it's on my little altar in the bathroom with the photographs of my ancestors that I talked about last night Um, because I need it close now in these in these dark hours. But that little bag, the amount of care that went into every little part of this item, it just radiates it, right? Mm. It's so small. It's also yeah. tiny. It's like it's made for like a fairy or something. It's just um, like this miniature version of prayer and scrolls and sacredness and holiness, that she poured and like breathed into, like breathed magic into it.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. Mm. So special. So special. I have a stone that I keep on my desk and this one actually I did buy, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it's kind of a funny story. It brings up a, a name that can be a little spiky (laughs) for your audience, but when I was, I guess, 22, I had a real fear of driving on the New Jersey Garden State Parkway. It's like the big Mm -hmm. highway in New Jersey that runs north to south, and there's Mm lanes you have to merge on. It just scared me. Um, But my good friend, Jess, um, offered to to drive on the parkway with me and like show me how to do it and uh, be there with me. Mm. And I said, okay, let's go to Frenchtown, which is a town in New Jersey where Elizabeth Gilbert lives and had, or <laughs> did, I don't know. She had a shop there at the time called Two Buttons. At the time, I read Eat, Pray, Love and I really appreciated a lot of things about the narrative and about going on journeys and. Connecting to yourself, things like that. Mm-hmm. I got in the car with Jess. I did it. We, with, and it was so special to have my friend offer to do something like that with me. Mm-hmm. We drove to Frenchtown. We went to Elizabeth Gilbert's store, and I bought this river stone that has the word trust stamped into it, mm-hmm. and it has little um, two little buttons in the t- at the top too, and you can just see like where I've rubbed the debossed word trust over and over with my thumb Mm -hmm. Um, it's like worn down and like a little it's probably just dirty but um (laughs) it's just such a satisfying big smooth river stone Mm. and it reminds me of trusting myself in that moment of going on that little mini journey of doing something that scared me and i mean i think it was like i don't know it wasn't too long after that that i got a job that required me to commute 50 miles (laughs) each way on the parkway, Mm. Um, I couldn't have taken the job if I hadn't conquered that fear. And I did it with my friend and her trusting me and me trusting her. And so, yeah, the stone is really
0: special to me. It's an amazing story because had you not conquered that fear and taken that little journey and the stone being part of it, emblematic of that, then you wouldn't have taken the job. And the job has led to this whole life. Yeah. In terms of where you live. Yep. Right? You wouldn't have ended up live, moving to the town where the job was. Yep. If you hadn't taken the job. And you love it's so cute. So glad mm-hmm. I got to see it last time we yeah. were there. It's so cute. <laughs> so how one thing can lead to another and how That object, that artifact carries that story.
1: Yeah. And something that we've talked about in the past, like getting inspiration from your past self, remembering things that you've Mm. done in the past that you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I I can't believe I did that. And then you feel a little bit stronger just remembering. Yes. Um, Yeah. It's a great reminder of that. Yes.
0: And these are reminders. These are, these artifacts of the heart are reminders, reminders of our strength, reminders of our connections, reminders of love, reminders of faith, reminders of trust in such a more rich and nuanced and multi-layered and multi-dimensional and mysterious way than, you know, a shirt that we could buy at Target for somebody, you know. I mean, that might have some meaning too, because anything can have meaning but these other artifacts they they're alive in some way yeah just like our stories are alive and they are they are reminders we touch them you rub your thumb it's things that can bring us back into our bodies back into our hearts back into that place of it's, it's okay i can do this
1: I have like a beautiful glass candle holder that my friend Catherine gave to me. We went on trips to Vermont together a couple times in our early 20s. Um, her mother, who passed away when we were like 19, mm. 18, um, she used to own a house there. And Catherine went there with her mom all the time growing up. And she had to sell the house after her mom passed. And um, but I got to go there with her once or twice. And there's this glass making factory called the called Simon Pierce. And um, we went there and we watched people glass blowing together. Mm, And then one Christmas, she gave me this beautiful um, little tea light holder. Well, it's, Mm. it's, it's very solid and it looks like bark, like tree bark. And Mm. so when you light a tea light in it, the light is just (gasps) like, it's so cool. It's so beautiful. (gasps) Um, I need one. I'll share a picture too. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. Um, and Ooh. it just reminds me like also of qualities of Catherine that I mm. value so much and that I try to remember and even try to, you know, emulate in some ways, like just her appreciation for beauty and like simple beauty. I think it's something we share together mm. on those trips to Vermont we would just like stop the car in front of a really beautiful tree and just stand there with our mouths agape together or we would mm. like dip in the rain or we'd mm. you know go um pet a horse at at the side of the road or you know like just mm. this awe um and wonder and gratitude for like beautiful lighting like she's all about candles you know and mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of her, our friendship, those trips, but also like this part of her that's so special and also part of me.
0: Mm. I was completely transported by that story. Mm -hmm. Catherine, that particular object, I can see it. It feels so luscious and rich and the light and the tree bark, glass, glass. And then the qualities of her and your friendship, dancing in the rain and stopping to be in awe of a tree, (laughs) so beautiful and so amazing how, again, these just this one little object can carry all of these stories, memories, qualities, friendship. It reminds me of my friend Carrie – We've been friends with for decades and decades we met in graduate school and she is such a lover of beauty in all forms she's very beautiful herself and the way she creates her home and her flowers and her she just has that incredible eye for beauty and she's also incredibly generous in her gift giving and she she's been just so generous with me always, with everybody, that's just her nature to be generous and to buy these kind of luxurious gifts, but that are so meaningful. And I'm I'm wearing one right now, last year, I think it was last year, some point she bought me a jacket, like who buys a jacket for their friend, but, but she's mm-hmm. kind of mother, she's like a mother in that way also to me. She knows that I never buy clothes um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't, I just don't. Um, and so it's this fuzzy pink, oh, and I would never buy something pink, but it's this very fuzzy pink, warm jacket. And I'm wearing it right at this moment. And every time I put it on, I feel Carrie. And she also, maybe it was the same birthday. I think it was. And this is what I mean. It's such a generous gift. She bought this incredible, like the softest most gorgeous, like velvety blanket that lives in my studio on the couch. And especially in these winter months, I take that blanket every single day and wrap it around me. And when I'm wrapping it around me, I'm wrapping her around me. I'm wrapping like the unending love of our friendship all of her softness and her beauty and her nurturing it's in and the blanket's like a work of art. It's just, I should send you a photo, Victoria. It's, it's so, so beautiful on both sides and it's different on both sides. It's truly a work of art. Mm. Um, and the, the feel and the texture. And so, you know, she lives in these things. Mm.
1: I love that. I love when you feel, like me with the pajama pants, like that mm-hmm. physical comfort yes. and warmth. Um, and then there's like the the objects that we choose for ourselves, um, mm-hmm. and I think those are really special too. Like if it's whether it's a gift that we get for ourselves or a stone that we pick up mm-hmm. um, from the beach or whatever, it's so special to have a collection of. A mixture of the things that are just given to us that we choose to keep and also the things that we choose for ourselves. Mm. Is there an object that you chose for yourself, like something special that you, you know, for me, like I have my guitar that I bought for Mm -hmm. my birthday, uh, I guess my 29th um, during the pandemic. And I was like, I'm going to buy myself this little, they call it a parlor guitar. It's a little Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gretsch. I Mm -hmm. wanted something um, smaller because I'm kind of small and guitars can be kind of big. (laughs) And and, I mean, it got me through like months of being truly, truly alone during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And it helps me. It's, you know, it gives me catharsis and creativity and It's Mm -hmm. such an important object and, and important because I just, I don't like you with the clothing. Like I, I don't really shop for myself very much. I don't really buy, it wasn't even like, I think it was like $200, but to me, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make this big purchase for myself for something that's totally, you know, it's, it's not like something I need for the kitchen (laughs) or like a, you know, a good pair of rain boots. It's just a guitar. Um, (laughs) I'm curious. Yeah. Is there an object that you hold close that's just something that you chose for yourself
0: that makes you feel connected to yourself? Okay. So this is what, yeah, this is what comes to mind. This is like me splurging um, <laughs> in more of an everyday life kind of way. So everybody knows I journal a lot. So I go through a lot of journals and typically I just use a spiral bound notebook like from Target. And those are fine. They make me happy. They have pockets. I can put in like dreams that I have typed up on my computer or poems that I have printed out and put them in the pockets. Very functional. It works. It does the job. But once in a while, I get an urge to buy myself a really nice journal. And when I do that, it makes me so happy and I'm like really self I should be doing this for every journal because it's such an important part of my life and it's so far from being just functional there's so much that happens in my journals um and so when I do that and I go and I still like I'll go to a bookstore you know usually like a local bookstore that has more locally made items um and even that feels so special to know that somebody in my community made a journal instead of just like ordering it off Amazon or Barnes and Noble, like going to an independent bookstore and selecting, you know, something that is beautifully made, has rich colors, has something on it that speaks to me, often a tree or some something from nature that's like, you know, engraved in it. And not super expensive because I just don't tend to do that. I just don't tend to spend money on myself in that kind of everyday way. But so special, like a, like a real gift and not money I ever regret spending even though it's hard for me to get there and make it happen.
1: My example with the guitar and your example with the <laughs> journal are two things that help us connect to creativity and yes. to our depths. And it's so special when we can make that act even just a little bit more sacred with the special
0: object. Yes. That's how it feels. It feels a little bit more sacred. It feels like an honoring of self, like I am worth it. My writing practice is worth it.
1: Mm. And I'm thinking about what you said about the journals too, like finding journals that maybe are are made with locally sourced materials by mm-hmm. someone who lives locally. Like there's the connection to like ritual, creativity, ancestors, friends, but also to place. Like I think mm-hmm. oftentimes we have objects that connect us to a special place. Um, I have – A piece of pottery on my desk that was given to me by martin's aunt Mm. his aunt mary and it it's um just like a little tray um holder i have like blue light dimming glasses in it and like earbuds um but it was made by a potter in ackle which is the island where martin's mother's side is from Mm. in ireland um and his aunt mary um she was a painter. She died in 2020 of cancer. Um but we visited in 2018. It was the first time I met her. We stayed at her house. She was so kind to me. Mm-hmm. Like so kind and hospitable. Made me feel so welcome. Mm-hmm. And because she knew I liked poetry, she told me all about like the history of artists coming to Ackle and living on Ackle and creating on Ackle. She Mm. gave me this pottery. She gave me a CD of harp music from a local harpist and a book of poetry that was written on Ackle. Mm. Um, And so not only does it make, I I really loved visiting Ackle and I want to go back and not only does it make me think of Ackle, it makes me think of Martin's Aunt Mary and again it makes me think of a way that I want to be in the world that she inspired me to mm. to be so welcoming to a visitor um so hospitable and kind and like the fact that she gave me these objects before I left to help me remain connected to the place mm. just so kind and so yeah um and knowing that my you know my ancestors they weren't from Ackle, but were from Ireland. And so I feel like that uh, draw to connect more. And I think that that's a really special uh, thing about objects too. is how they can connect us to place.
0: Yes. It's kind of blowing my mind that I feel like we could talk for th- hours Yeah, about <laughs> like, who knew and, and that this is, maybe our most personal in terms of how objects, artifacts connect to stories that we can't help, but tell these stories about our lives, our friendships, our trips to Hawaii, our boyfriend's aunt in Ireland, our, you know, my best friend who's in California, like these stories that can't help, but be told.
1: Yeah. Right. That,
0: that, Almost like have to be told, as we are honoring and naming these special objects in our lives. and there's one more that I just have to say because of where I'm at with with my beloved firstborn um, mm. in his in our birthing in reverse as we get ready to. Launch him into the world, in eight eight months. Um, he is an amazing artist. He is a potter. He's done so much pottery on the wheel. So our house is full of his pots. There are plates in our cabinet. Um, we use them every single day. I almost forget that he made them because they're so much a part of our lives. Um, but he also used to create these beautiful objects with this very nifty machine called a three doodler that you've probably seen it here victoria it's like allows you to basically doodle in in 3d um, and it comes with these very thin plastic rods that you feed into the tool and it's electric um, but he has Created. He hasn't used it in a while, but he went back in our homeschooling days, he used to sit there and just create and create and create. And he has made me the most beautiful candle holders, like for tea lights. And one, some of them he would make from uh, templates, but this one he just designed on his own, and it's mm. it's this small, so small, so delicate. I love it so much. It's white. And it's about maybe three inches tall um, and just the size of a tea light. The tea light just goes right in the middle. And he engraved, so it's white, and then it the white changes into like a light blue and then a darker blue. The colors are so beautiful. And then on the outside is just a single Jewish star. And then right under the star is a little hole so that when you light the candle, the flame all you see is the flame and then it illuminates the whole thing
1: mm.
0: and i use it it's it's the one i use when i'm in the bath you know and i'm it's the one i'm drawn to and that it came from his hands and his heart and him knowing how important judaism is to me you know even though it's not so important to to them but it's so important to me um so it's just a sacred so sacred to me that it came from him hmm.
1: it really makes me think just about what is it that i would most want to be able to give to certain people in my life um mm. Yeah. things that that are connected to a place, a memory, something that could last a long time, something that i made. i mean there's already so much pressure on us with gift giving, so uh, not to add any pressure, but just to step back for a minute and actually in a more simplified way, just think mm-hmm. about even if it's a heart-shaped stone in a little knitted bag, you know, but like mm-hmm. what are the types of things that mean the most to me? And would, can that help guide me when I think about what I want to give to others? Yeah.
0: And it doesn't even have to be something that you make, right? It can be something that you find or something that is yours, that's lived yeah. with you for a long time. Yeah. That like there's some calling in it to to pass it on. That now this, special thing wants to live in somebody else's house yeah and you have one of Everest's little
1: I do mm-hmm. yes I have one of Everest's creations as well on my desk all the time mm-hmm. I have a little bowl a little mm-hmm. purple bowl with green speckles I think he made it he was probably like 11 mm-hmm. and when I light my candle. For before we start recording, I put the match. After I mm-hmm. use the strike, the match, I put it into the little bowl. Mm. So it's part of my ritual, and it just makes me think of Little Everest, and <sighs> I mean, and Colorado, and your home. Yeah, and also just like his creativity and his, also his willingness to jump into things that are difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even as a child, like flying a plane, super difficult. <laughs> but also making pottery, yes. I've heard is quite difficult. It is. Again, when I think about the characteristics of the person who made it or who yes. gave it to me, it's inspiring. You know? Mm. And I I really love that I've been able to connect it to a
0: ritual and a ritual with you. I love that so much. So much. I didn't even know, I didn't even remember that you had that until you sent the text today about tonight's conversation. Yeah. And now as you describe it, I'm remembering which one you have, and I'm remembering him giving it to you, and him like selecting from the variety of little pots that he's made. Very, very sweet
1: and it means a lot when um when you choose to give something to someone that that is yours like mm-hmm. there's a little part of me that's like a little kid that doesn't want to like let go of things sometimes yes <laughs> but i remember like last year maybe i um i had an aloe plant that had a it it had a baby basically like a, yes. another little and <laughs> they call it a pup i think <laughs> And um I was planning on taking the pup and putting it into another container and mm-hmm. then like being so proud of myself that I propagated the, I mean, I didn't really yeah. try to, it just happened. But then Martin's sister was visiting us and she had just moved into an apartment in Brooklyn. And I said, and she was just, she was like admiring, I don't know, little things about our apartment. And I was like, why don't you take my aloe pup. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, and I might have even given her a little container for it. I, mm-hmm. um, and she was so touched. And I had that little moment of like, I don't want to give up this object. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a living, you know, living thing, but I don't want to give it up. But I feel like that's kind of a good
0: practice too sometimes. Yes. And Everest used to have a very, very hard time Mm -hmm. letting go of his things so the fact that he did that even at that age and it was something that he had made from his hands is especially poignant and special yeah and it is hard and i always understood that about him i always understood because it does carry a part of us it's like letting go of a, a part of you and letting it live in the world separate from you it's a big deal It is a real letting go. But that was you in that moment being like the Aunt Mary.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right? Being hospitable and saying, here, take it with you. I mean, I think of my grandparents when I think of like you could not leave their house without Mm -hmm. a bag full of either fruit and vegetables from the garden or food that my grandmother had made. And just that spirit, again, of generosity. Of there's always enough, and what's the point if we can't share it mm. with the people that we love? It didn't matter who came to their house a neighbor, a mailman, a, you know, mm-hmm. they'd be a whole dime, and Charlotte would call Izzy, go, go get some oranges. You know, and he would <laughs> like fill the bag with oranges or onions or zucchini or whatever they had. It was to share, it was to give away. May we all, right? May we all. <sighs> be in that yeah. spirit of, of generosity of giving ourselves into the world.
1: we know it brings so much joy. like you it know brings it just so much joy. brings so much joy when you grow vegetables and you can give them to oh. people. It's like yeah, it bring, it brings so much joy to the person receiving but also to the person giving it. Yes, it's a cliche,
0: but it's true, but it's one of the great <laughs> secrets of joy and secrets of yeah. life right we, we want to hold on we get clutchy but it's in that giving away and that letting go and I mean how perfect for this season right it is about giving and what are we giving and it doesn't have to be from that pressure place it doesn't have to be the most spectacular thing and it doesn't only have to be in this season of what does that mean to to let go a little bit and to trust that there's enough and to to give of ourselves, to give of our things, even our special things, things that we've grown, things that we've made, right? To not let somebody leave your home without, here, let me give you something. Mm. Beautiful.
1: Mm.